0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. And hopefully, you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. On the line we, today, we have Tracy Miller. Say hi, Tracy.
1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? And
0: Thanks how are to talk you? Thank
1: you, Rob. I'm doing great, and you. We're huh? just catching up on old times here. Yes,
0: and, yes. I always like to to have a little chat before the episode starts. Um, you've been doing some recording and 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 some uh, writing. Um, fill us in on your background. How you started all this?
1: Well, you know, I'm an Alberta girl through and through. I was uh, born and raised in Alberta. I grew up in the. I grew up in your neck of the woods. I'm I'm a Heinz Creek girl. You know, that's where I. I grew up, spent my whole childhood up in Heinz Creek, in the Peace River Country, and you know, I've just been, music's been a part of my life ever since I was a little girl. It's just always been something that I've done from a young age, and you know, got the bug early, and to just I never got rid of it. I think it's just something you're born with, and you take it with you always, so.
0: Mm-hmm. When you were younger, like, how old do you remember that you first had the music bug? You know,
1: I just don't ever remember not having the
0: music bug.
1: I know that my mom and dad had recordings of me singing when I was three years old. And, you know, I still pride myself in the fact that I still remember my very, very first performance in front of a crowd was when I was six years old. I was in grade one and my auntie used to teach kindergarten and she took me over to the kindergarten class, um, which at that time was held in the basement of the high school, and got me to sing a quote of many colors yeah. to the record player to the kindergarten class. And I just remember that being my very first time. I sang in front of the crowd and how nervous I was, but it's such a vivid memory to me because <laughs> I just, you know, I was six years old and it was amazing to me how my family at that time just recognized my love of music at such an early age and really
0: cultured it in me. And uh, so was the rest of your family musical?
1: Do you know what? My mom and dad were musical in the sense that they loved music. Um, you know, they would make jokes and say the only thing that they knew how to play was the record player. But that was that was enough. You know, they they loved music. I had music growing up all the time. We just always had music on in the house. We had music on in the vehicles. Um, my mom and dad had an amazing record collection. My mom and dad loved to have parties and people over and, you know, just play music all night and dance and just enjoy music. And I think it just instilled that love of music in me at such a young age that it didn't matter that they physically weren't musical in the sense that they, neither one of them played an instrument or sang, but they, you know, they really noticed the love i had for music at an early age and i guess my ability as well for that matter and really supported it um really early i mean my mom and dad gave me my first guitar when i was six years old because they knew that that was the path that i was on
0: that's that's kind of amazing you know i i actually remember being over at your place one time um there was you me marty schultz and i can't remember who else was there but uh there was a drum kit there, and I think it was just after I got interested in, in the drums, too. And we were all trying to play Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. <laughs> and, and I wasn't very good, but you guys were just blowing me out of the water at that time. And, you know, I think we were like 13 or 14.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that was my very first band. It was me and Marty. And uh, we would just, that was what we did for fun as teenagers. We would go... You know, Marty had his drum kit set up in my basement, and I had my guitars, and we would just sit downstairs, and we would learn songs, and we would play, and we just spent hours and hours doing that, and I mean, I taught Marty a little bit how to play the guitar, Marty taught me how to play the drums, we learned from each other, and it was just, it was just the funnest, funnest childhood that way, because I just remember having people around me who really really supported my music and my love of it
0: It's always at nice at an to early, have... early age. Yeah. And it's always nice to have that support too, isn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Right. I mean, don't
1: get me wrong. I always got that like, you know, you need to have a real job.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't just be a musician because you need to have a real job, you know, which, you know, my parents had a lot of insight with that type of thing. There's no <laughs> doubt. So I have no regrets that when I left home, I got a career first before I really got heavy into music. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a a great path. There's no doubt.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. So you were saying that your mom and dad bought you your first guitar. So that was your first Mm -hmm. instrument that you ever learned to play?
1: Well, I would have to say the first instrument I ever learned to play was the recorder, just like every other grade three. (laughs) You know, and then I actually went into the school band when I was in, I was, I think, Eight or nine when I started the school band and played clarinet, and then I started playing guitar about the same time. Because even though they had bought me a guitar when I was six, I actually physically couldn't play it. My I was I wasn't a very big I wasn't a very big girl, and so I was pretty teeny tiny, and my hands just couldn't fit around the neck of that guitar. And I had I, I left it in my closet and I waited and I waited and I literally one day when I was nine years old, I remember opening my closet door and going. I need to pull that thing out and learn how to play it. And I had a little tuner, and I just figured everything out on my own. I figured out how to tune it. I had my little Mel Bay chord book, and I taught myself how to play. But I think because I had the fundamentals, you know, instilled in me just with learning basic music in school, like I said, every kid was given a recorder when we were young and Mm -hmm. learning how to, you know, play notes and read music. I just really curated that year for music at a very, very young age and just ran with it. it I kind of learned a lot of things simultaneously. You know, I learned the guitar and I started taking piano lessons and organ lessons, played in the school band. So I was just getting it from all directions. And the more I could get, the better, the more, the happier I was.
0: All-round musical. Holy. I I didn't know that you you were playing the organ and the piano and all those other instruments too.
1: I did. I, you know, (laughs) I, I kind of I laugh about it now because, you know, it's that that teenage thing that, you know, you get to a point in your life sometimes it's like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. And I went quite a ways in piano as far as, you know, theory and the, the practical part of it. But I got to the point where I think my piano teacher was getting a little frustrated with me because. I would sit down and I'd play the piano and she'd go, okay, now play it and read the music and do it. She was like, why? I just played it. What difference does it make? She's like, I know, but you memorized it. You didn't read the music to do it. And I said, well, did I not play it right? So we hit the butt heads a little bit. And I was just like, you know, I'm a, I'm a teenager and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I just said, I don't need to do this anymore. I know how to play the piano. What's wrong with me just memorizing it and learning how to, you know, I just learned how to play it and did it. So, <laughs> and you know, it's to me, I really, truthfully feel that that is a gift that I was born with, and I, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that my parents recognized it early and just really promoted it for me and encouraged me to learn guitar and encouraged me to take piano lessons because. They saw the ability early and just, you know, didn't want me to not really, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but really soar with my, you know, my talent that I was, that God gave me, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you can be given this talent or born with a talent, but what you do with it is is a choice, right? And I just really am grateful that they pushed me to it but in a good way that it was it wasn't pushing me as much as it was just encouraging me, like, hey, you know, this is something that not everybody has. Be proud of it. And it's a gift that you're gonna have your entire life that you will take with you everywhere. And
0: And something that you can pass down to your children too.
1: Well, you know, it's true. I mean, I remember as a teenager, sometimes getting a little bit annoyed with my parents because we'd go camping for the weekend and we could not go camping without me bringing my guitar (laughs) because they were just so proud to get me, you know, bring their daughter out who played guitar and sang and they wanted to show me off to everybody in the campground. and There was a time in my life as a typical teenager where I would just, you know, roll my eyes and get annoyed because I just wanted to have fun and be a teenager and just camp. I didn't want to be entertaining everybody all the time. But in hindsight, when I look back at it, I realized what they were doing. And, you know, to this day, I do not go camping on the weekend anywhere without taking my guitar with me. It's just part of who I am. And I love being able to share that with people. And I love that people want to hear it.
0: And I love the campground uh, fireplace, you know, the, the fire pit sing alongs. those can foster a lot of, a lot of great songs.
1: You know, I've had amazing opportunities in my music career and I've played some pretty big stages, but there's just nothing that fills my soul like sitting around the campfire with people and other people who join in with guitars and other people who join in and sing. It's just, it is so magical. It's something that is, you know, there's people who pay big money to have that kind of experience. And I just feel blessed that I'm surrounded by people that I get to do this with all the time.
0: And, you know, campfires, you know, people sitting around, like you were saying, playing and singing, somebody might come out of their shell who are, you know, who are too shy to sing in public. But you get a couple beers and a campfire and a bunch of other players, and they're singing their heart out, right?
1: And, you know, I've seen it. You know, we, we spend a lot of time um, out in the, the backcountry horseback riding and camping. And, you know, we've been in our Outfitters tent, and people have rode their horses by, and they've heard music coming out of the tent. And so they've come back and you know, kind of creeped up to the tent and, you know, peeked their head in and said, you know, do you mind if we come in and listen? And (laughs) we're like, of course, come on in, you know, join the party type of thing. And all of a sudden somebody's like, you know, do you mind if I bring my guitar? And then, you know, we're just like, absolutely go get the guitar. The next thing you know, they're playing their guitar and singing. And you're like, holy moly, like where did this person come from? They're amazing, right? So it's it's just such a
0: beautiful, beautiful thing to experience. It really is. So your favorite genre then is country music, right? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: I'm a country girl through and through. <laughs> nice. Who's your favorite artist or, or group?
1: You know, I would say right now I, I have more of a favorite style of country music. Mm-hmm. I would have to say if somebody actually asked me to pick out my favorite all-time artist, it would have to be Charlie Pride. And it's just because that's who I grew up listening to. It's my mom and dad, yeah, Charlie Pride was their, their favorite. And I knew every song on every record. And he just will always have such a special place in my heart. And I was fortunate enough in my music career to meet the man twice. And it was like a dream come true for me because he was my idol. And, you know, it was such a sad day when we lost Charlie Pride last year. But I would yeah. say that he's probably the number one person who cultured the love of country music in me,
0: the most. Well, as a female artist and singer, uh, was there a oh, Dolly, one...
1: Parton. Dolly,
0: Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton,
1: hands down. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know she's just uh she's, it, and it's everything about Dolly Parton. It's her songwriting, it's her musical abilities, it's her personality, her absolute amazing um, ambition and drive. I mean, she she's amazing. You know, I think anybody would aspire to have a quarter of her talent and so she she most certainly
0: is up there on my list doesn't even it it, it comes natural to her she doesn't even have to try
1: oh i know i just love her love her the lover lover her.
0: so nowadays who who do you listen to the most like, like i would
1: have to say i still kind of go back to listening to 90s
0: country you know
1: i i like traditional sounding country music you know like i love 90s country which mm-hmm. was like the alan jackson and the george street era to me that's country music i'm finding personally the music that's come out in the last few years isn't really my thing yeah, i find that it sounds more pop and it's some of it yeah. reminds me of 70s 70s uh disco music
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know
1: it's not a diss to the artist because everybody's got to do their thing everybody's got to do what makes them happy and what makes them identify as an artist? Like what is their stick? And that's not mine, you know? So I would have to say right now, if I were to name one person that I really love, it would be female. It would be Miranda Lambert because I just, I find her very diverse and she can pull off something really super edgy and then just turn on a beautiful, beautiful straight eight ballad that'll, you know, get you, you know, bring tears to your eyes. So,
0: And I'm sure when she sang Little Red Wagon at the award show that year and Blake was sitting down in the front row that, you know, she was shooting arrows at him with her eyes.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, why (laughs) wouldn't
0: (laughs) you? You could feel it even through the TV.
1: But, you know, I think that's the thing for me about music is even if it's not my style of music that I really care for, to me, when it's done well, I love it. You know, like I love jazz music and I love big band. Yeah. you know, because I grew up playing in the school band and learning classical music. I love big band. And it's to me an amazing, amazing experience to behold. It really is.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's you know, to, to enjoy all types of music is to be a very cultured musician.
1: I think it just, it gets you out of your comfort zone as well. You know, and I I think that for me as a writer, uh, you know, I tend to always gravitate to a very traditional sound because that's who I am as an artist. When I sing, you know, even the cover songs that I do, I'm very selective about the cover songs that I do. And I still, you know, my, my, my set list is full of Merle Haggard and my set list is full of those old classic country songs. But then, you know, my idea sometimes of New Country is a George Strait song. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'll throw a little bit of Miranda Lambert in there because I just find that some of the newer stuff, like new, new as in the last couple of years, I'm I'm quite hit and miss with things that I just like and number two, that I feel that I can actually do justice to. Because mm-hmm. not everybody can sing, you know, those types of songs. It's you know, yeah. I've sang songs that I thought were really awesome songs and then I sang and I went, Ugh. <laughs> no that just but, you know that doesn't suit my voice it's yeah i didn't dig it uh trash that one that one's off that list yeah that's
0: right? the nice thing about playback right you can <laughs> you record something play it back uh nope <laughs> we'll just yeah scratch and,
1: and you know i think that's just really finding your sound
0: you oh definitely know, because
1: you know i still play a lot of Well, I mean, I play mostly, you know, rodeos and those types of egg society events and dances and that type of thing Mm -hmm. where I'm still playing cover songs and I love it. I love playing cover songs, but I also want to play cover songs that I can do a good job of and people can go, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Not "Ooh, that wasn't a good one for her. (laughs) Right. And then you do the the festivals and the bigger shows where you can really promote yourself as an artist and have your own identity and your own songs. It's a completely different type of setting altogether. And the same thing, the songs that I sing that are originals, whether I wrote them or just the songs that I recorded on my own albums that other people wrote that I've you know recorded their songs, I still identify with them as Tracy Miller songs, but I picked them and put them on my album because they resonated with me and I felt that that was a song that I could sing. That's a Tracy Miller
0: song. Perfect explanation. I, I, I mm. like it. I like it. Way back when you were younger, we're, we'll, we'll jump back in the time machine here. Um, do you remember your first band, and what was the name of it?
1: Well, you know, my first band was Marty and myself, yeah. and we didn't have a name. We were like the you know, the basement band, but my first uh, actually official band that I played in, and we did rehearsals, um, I would have been uh, 16, and I believe we were called Crossroads
0: crossroads
1: and i believe that one of those players is still playing with
0: you in a band so oh my tell oh brent yeah mr <laughs> claire he he was all oh right.
1: <laughs> that's right yeah, that he name was in before. the band he was he was the bass player then
0: that's yeah. right yes yes so yep. that was
1: my first band there was you know i think there was six of us in that band and we used to have rehearsals and the drummers you know, he had a, a huge greenhouse off of his off of their house and we set up all our equipment there and we practiced there and do you that, remember that was my first band
0: do you remember all the players in the band i do well, can you name Did them you, or... is it the test <laughs> this isn't the okay uh
1: well brent Clare, <laughs> yeah and len Watchorn played guitar okay and then his cousin jason and i can't think of jason's last
0: name at the moment Oh, my gosh.
1: Help me out, Rob.
0: I, um, I can't think of Jason. His cousin
1: Jason played guitar as well. Oh, are we talking like Ralph, Jason,
0: Jason Fox?
1: Yes, there you go, Jason Fox.
0: And Ralph
1: Lawler. And then Ralph Flower played drums, and then Colin played
0: keyboards.
1: And I'm just drawing a blank on Colin's last name right now at the moment. I can see his face because he always had just the just nicest big smile on his face oh yeah see this is what time does to a person <laughs> anyway that was that was our first my first band you, was, you know i was a chick in the band so
0: yeah there's not very very many bands around here with with uh female lead singers in the band anymore <laughs> uh do you well, re- and you
1: know what was funny about that band was jason and len were rockers they yeah. were hardcore classic rock guys <laughs> and i was the country girl and i'm like you guys like this is people wanted two-step they want to dance the country music i mean we grew up in the peace river country that's what you did you two-stepped and you poke and that's you know was the dances and of course they're the hardcore rockers and they were just you know hell-bent <laughs> for election that they were going to get me to sing a rock song in the set and i caved and i sang one rock song and they were just so happy that they they actually influenced me to to learn a rock song it was pretty funny (laughs) which rock song oh pat benatar hit me with your best shot baby
0: okay that's a good one good choice i thought you were going to say acdc or something like that no
1: no (laughs) pat benatar
0: do you remember where your first gig was
1: warrior too
0: oh uh patty's mine
1: patty spice yeah yeah. See, I'm really dating myself now.
0: I better stop talking. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Ah. <laughs> so, do you remember your first gig?
1: I do. Yeah, it was in Fairview at. Uh, it was at the school. There was two schools in Fairview: the Fairview High School, and then what was the other one? Ah, uh,
0: the other one uh, in town here is so, E. E. Oliver, that uh, usually has the community stage, and
1: yeah, was there another one? St. Pat's or... I don't know. Oh, there's, uh, there's
0: STM. St. Thomas More.
1: Yeah, that's where it was.
0: Oh, you guys played there? Yeah, in the school gym. So, o- over the years, uh, how many bands have you been in?
1: Do you know what? I've been in that one and then my own. I've been in my band that I have right now
0: for 20 years.
1: Holy! Mm-hmm. That's I've had, you time. know, varying players over the, the, the 20 years, but... Yeah. Because they're all, you know, freelance musicians. But, for example, my guitar player that plays with me now, he's been with me almost 20 years. He did, like, some of my very, very first gigs back when I got into this professionally. Yeah. And he still plays with me. He still he still puts up with me after all this time.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. It's, it's nice to be able to have players that you can play with for a long time and
1: oh absolutely and and, the drummer that I have he's been playing with me now for I think 10 years
0: and you guys don't get sick of each other that's 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 the tightness of a good band
1: well you know we just love we we all just love music I mean we're in this because of the sheer love of of music And, and I mean these guys are professional musicians. This is how they make their living. I certainly am a professional musician and who pursued, you know, very, very uh, assertively have, have, you know, pursued a music career. But I, I never pursued a music career to be, you know, a big famous country star and make a million dollars. I, I, know I, I, I did it because of the pure love of music and you know I still love it and it's been you know it's been a long year I really miss my my bandmates it's, you know
0: it, yes it has been a, a very long year have you been keeping up with video chats with the with the rest of the band
1: oh you know what we talk and we, and we text each other every now and again and I, I always check in
0: make sure everybody's doing okay so yeah. well, that's good So and and you do your own uh writing and everything i've listened to your last single loretta's moonshine it's awesome thank you i read somewhere that uh you're getting airtime in the netherlands and down in new zealand
1: yeah you know i did uh international radio releases with the the first three singles off the ep and uh We've gotten over 400 stations overseas who have picked up my music, so um, it, it's amazing. I've had, you know, a radio support in the U.K., the Netherlands, uh, New Zealand, Australia. It, it's, it's been unbelievable. Ireland, Scotland, Belgium.
0: Now it, it would yeah. be just nice to have all these COVID restrictions lifted so you could travel to these places.
1: Well, and, you know, that's ultimately was my goal in all of that. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh,
1: I'm at the mercy of the world. So, <laughs> yeah. like everybody else.
0: So, do you have a favorite memory?
1: You know, I I can't think of one specifically. I think that, you know, some of my memories with music haven't necessarily been with traveling as much as um, you know, I can think of one one situation particularly. My band and I have been going for I think the last 12 years. We've been going to the Stollery Children's Center, or the pardon me, the Stollery Children's Hospital mm-hmm. in Edmonton every year at Christmas time and performing. And one year, like we we would play for the Christmas lunch, and they actually set up and do a little band set for the kids and their parents for the Christmas lunch, and but we would also through the halls just acoustically and you know kind of set up in the halls and and sing christmas songs and i remember one year um the the child life worker took us into the icu and she took us into the room of this little girl and she said you know i think this little girl would i think really benefit from you guys singing a song for her and we went in the room and her dad was in the room with her and you know she was obviously very ill and and not doing well and when we walked in, she just opened her eyes and looked at us, and we started singing, and she her eyes just got so big, and she smiled, and she looked at her dad, and her dad started to cry. Well, then, I, it was all I could do to just keep it together, yeah. and then I said, you know, when we were done, I said, would you like us to sing another song, and she shook her head, and she couldn't talk because she actually had a, a breathing tube in her, in her, in her mouth mm-hmm. to help her breathe, so... Um, you know, she shook her head and so we had another one and I looked down and her, she was tapping her toes to the beat of the music, mm-hmm. right, nice. and smiling and when we laughed, it was really all I could do to just kind of hold it together and the child life worker said to me, she said, you know, that little girl's been in here for three weeks and that is the first time I've seen her smile nice. and it just really resonated with me on a, on a lot of different levels because of, you know, my profession as well that I've just I recognize on such tremendous levels the power of music. And, you know, I've been able to share my music with people when they've been sick. I've been able to share my music with people when they've been dying and at their end-of-life journeys. And it's just a powerful, powerful thing that just brings people to a, a completely different place. Yeah, I said, you know, as much as they loved us coming there and they were just so grateful that we came every year, I said, just that's our Christmas. That makes our Christmas special for us to just be able to share that. It's pure joy. There's no other way to
0: put it. Perfect. Well, I did have two questions left, but one you already pretty much answered. That was your bucket list. If there was anything that you needed to achieve, here's one of the curveballs questions. Okay. Um,
1: can I sit down? <laughs> well, you can if you
0: want. You don't no, have I'm to. Just uh, it, it's an easy one. I mean, if if you could uh, play with your favorite musician uh, on stage, the biggest stage in the world, wherever it may be, who would it be, and what two songs would you like to play with them?
1: Holy. Well, you know what? I would have to say a a dream come true for me would be to be out in the crowd at a Miranda Lambert concert and to be able to get up on stage and sing with her because I just love her, and I think she's an amazing songwriter. She's an amazing musician. She's an amazing singer, and how cool would that be to just get up on stage with her and sing sing a Miranda Lambert song or sing like a Merle Haggard song together because I know she loves Merle Haggard as well, so that
0: would be pretty cool. Oh, that would be a blast, wouldn't it?
1: It would be, you know, I can be out in the crowd and put up one of the signs and say, Miranda, I want to sing with you. I mean, there's some people who do that. Pick me, pick me. Oh, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Climb up onto the biggest stage. in the world. And, and what, uh, where would you want this to happen at in in Canada and the States? A, a big stadium? I, would, I like...
1: would say probably like in my, you know, in, in Edmonton, because I, you know, I'm from the Edmonton area. And it would be really cool to have that experience where where people know me and where you know my peers are and my friends and my supports and my fans it would be pretty cool
0: and you'd be up on the big screen at rogers place
1: no sure well you know i was on the big screen at big valley so that was a dream come true right there
0: so you know
1: you just oh, gotta wait. make things happen so
0: the big valley jamboree and Camrose? Mm-hmm. when was that
1: um well actually i've been up there four times already well have you Camera becomes a very, a a very large center during BBJ.
0: There's no doubt about it. So yeah, it's quite an experience. Well, that was the last question that I had for you. Um,
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Rob.
0: You're very welcome. I appreciate the time that you took to spend with me and the listeners for the show. And I I wish you nothing but the best and continued success in the future.
1: Uh, Thanks, Rob. Well, hopefully... One of my trips will be able to be, you know, I'd love to come back up to Hines Creek and just play up there again. It's been a few years since I played up there, so it would be awesome to come back.
0: You got to come up and do the George Lake Music Fest.
1: When is that usually?
0: That's usually the long weekend in September. Well, I mean,
1: right now, it's hard to know if anything's going to yeah. run anyway. I mean, I've had, you know, some calls in the last week, people booking me for the summer tentatively because they're trying to go ahead with plans and, you know, planning full speed ahead like it's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, that's so awesome. It just gives me hope. You know, know, it's right? exciting to think about. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I would love to. I, I would love to. I know I usually have a September long weekend every year but it's a Friday and Saturday but I'd drive up there bright and early to get there for Sunday
0: yeah it doesn't usually start till Sunday at one o'clock in the afternoon no it would be yeah advanced. no
1: I mean I, I I'd love to I'd be honored I just I, would be really cool to be back home in front of people that you know I haven't seen in years and you know if I could you know end the show on sunday or something because like i said i know i usually do the friday saturday and it's in southern alberta so it would be one of those things that i would physically need enough time yeah. to get from one end of the province to the other right
0: yeah exactly right on well thank you for joining me tonight tracy yeah,
1: yeah. you bet well thank you and please send me the information so that i can uh, get her shared
0: i will do that
1: all righty say hi to the boys in the band
0: i sure will All right, take care, Rob. (laughs) All right, you too. That's it for another episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the Peace Country. Thank you, and bye for now.